Thanks for tuning in to the Hope Church Podcast. We hope that you're blessed and encouraged to walk out the gospel as you listen to this message. If you have your Bibles, we're going to jump right into the scripture today. If you have your Bibles, open them to Romans chapter 12. And we're going to be uh, just in a couple of verses here. We're going to jump to a couple other places and then come back. But I want us to read this over you. It's a familiar passage, but I believe the Lord wants to open it up to us today together. Romans 12, verse 1 says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may be, testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I have been meditating and chewing on this passage over the last couple of weeks, and I've been just praying through this appeal from the word of the Lord to offer our entire self to him as a sacrifice. Did you know that when we make a decision to follow Jesus, it isn't just part of us, it's an actual complete all of us? That it is to offer our entire being to him, laid on the altar as a sacrifice of worship to him. This is a call to holiness that we are reading here. This is a call to a counterculture lifestyle that's devoted to Jesus. A way of life that actually refuses to let the present age squeeze us into its mold. There's a lot of squeezing going on right now, isn't there? And the appeal here is to a way of life that actually refuses to let the world around us dictate how we should think or what we should think or what we should say or what we shouldn't say or how we should, le- how we should live our lives. The appeal is don't be conformed to this world. Why? Because we're citizens of another place. And the king of that kingdom is the one who sets the pace for us and sets the way for how we are to live. It isn't culture that sets it for us now. It isn't the newest idea. It isn't the latest fad. It is now King Jesus who is on the throne. It is his kingdom, his king, and this is the way that we live our lives. We live by what he says because he is the way and he is the truth and he is the life that we are called to live. He is the exact representation of the Father. Jesus is the exact representation of who God is, and all of Scripture points to him. And Jesus comes to show us the way in which we are to live in the present age while at at the same time living from the age that's to come, which began through his death And through his resurrection, it's called new creation. That's what we are. That's the good news. We are new creation. And that's what we get to join him in 
living in right now, the new creation life. And he showed us how to live it while he was on the earth. And we have books in the Bible that actually show us how he lived so we can do what he did. And now our place in life is to imitate him, to be like him. How many wanna be like him? I do too. Kierkegaard says this, so powerful. He says, we possess Christ's truth only by imitating him, not by speculating about him. So we can talk about truth. We can speculate about truth. We can say, this is right and this is wrong, and we can hold these truths, but he's, our, our actual being like him reveals our possession of the truth that we claim to have. Right? Like, so... So we are not conforming, we are transforming. We are not conforming to the world around us. We are actually transforming into his likeness. Jesus said, as, as, as he is, so we are in the world. So we're, we're called here to begin to look more and more and more like him. So we aren't just calling ourselves the chosen people, we're actually learning how to live as the chosen people. And what we're doing here, and I believe even today is going to be a step in that, is that we're closing the gap between our beliefs and our actions, and we're learning to imitate Jesus. I feel like my mic's a little loud. I'm going to bring it down just a minute, and then I'll pull it. I never asked that, but I just feel a little booming today. I don't want to scare you. Because... I'm going to remain calm today. I'm going to remain calm. I just, just want to remind us that, like, as believers, as the church, as Christians, whatever you want to call us, like, what we're talking about here is being more and more like Jesus. To be a people who know him in such a way that we actually... We actually look like him, that we actually talk like him, that we actually sound like him, that we actually respond like him. But here's the truth. Nobody has to stay the same. We all get to grow and become. But the, but the truth is, is that God will let us live at whatever level we choose to settle for. That's why it's possible for people to serve the same God and have such different experiences. But we can have as much as we want. And I want to talk this morning a little bit about transformation. I want to talk about our continual transformation. I want to talk about two just real specific aspects of how we are transformed into his likeness. Now we know this out of Genesis chapter 1, 26 and 27, that we are made in the image of God, right? Like he is our DNA. God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And he did it. He made both male and he made female. So from the time that you were conceived, you actually were born to bear the image of God. 
You were born to bear the image of God. You were made to display what he is like. Because you were made after their likeness. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And it has been the intent from the very beginning of time that we would look like him. That we would be children that actually look like our father. So that when we live in that place of our truest identity, we're actually image bearers looking like him. That when we are fully expressing who we are, it's that we look like him. It's a life that's transformed into his likeness. Now we're going to come back to Romans 12 in just a minute, but I want us to jump over to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, starting with verse 16. It says this, but, but when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. And now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now, I don't know what this was about, but I woke up in the middle of the night singing that. I, I, I just woke up in the middle of the night. I was, it was about 1 o'clock in the morning, and I, I was singing it as I woke up. Where the Spirit of the Lord is. Do you remember that one? There's freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom reigns in this place. Showers of mercy and grace falling on every face. There's freedom. I am so thankful that that isn't just in there. It's actually in here. Like it's a reality of heaven right here for us. Jesus reigns in this place. Showers of mercy and grace falling on every face. There's freedom. There's freedom. I just declare that over you this morning. There is freedom because the spirit of the Lord is here, that you actually don't have to be bound by anything. I did not plan on singing this today. You do not have to be bound by anything because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That actually right now in this room, the presence of the almighty God is here in this room to break off every chain and every addiction and every bit of torment and all of it. Because there is freedom where the spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty to actually live and behave and to walk in the likeness of God. So give your life to Jesus. You're going to be like, this guy just sang the whole time. I need like a piano player, but it's okay. The Lord is spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Verse 18, and we all, can we say we all? We all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So what is he saying here? He's saying that when anyone turns to the Messiah, when anyone turns to Jesus and repents, 
the hardness of their mind and the hardness of their heart softens and the veil that has caused them to be unable to see is removed and now they can see him. And not only see him, they can come close and behold the glory of the Lord. And in the beholding, there is a transformation that happens because as I behold him, I become like him. As we are with him, as we are gazing upon him, very practically we could say, you're like, what does that even mean? Practically means as I spend time with him, as I am with him, as I turn my heart and I turn my attention and I turn my affections to him through prayer, through worship, through thanksgiving and all of the other things that go along with that. As I'm doing those things and I'm just taking time to just simply say, God, I want to know your heart. God, I want to see you. I want to know what you're like. Have you ever sat down and said, just in your prayer, like, God, I want to know what you're like. I want to know what you're like. Show me your glory. Like, show me what you're like. Because I want to be like you. I have ideas about what you're like, but I want to actually be like you. I want to be close with you. And what happens is, is that as I behold him, I become like him. We call this transformation. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's liberty. There is, get this, liberty to access him. There's liberty. We have this non-stop access, this continual place where we can connect to the glory of the Lord, to the presence of the Lord. And it isn't just a one-time zapping by the Holy Spirit, although I love to be zapped by the Holy Spirit. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you are like, what, is, what does he mean? I'm not going to get into it right now. But it isn't just this one-time or two-time thing, although there are most definitely these dramatic moments that we have at times with the glory and encountering the Lord. But what he's talking about here is an increasing, incremental, brighter and brighter. That there's no veil for those who are in Jesus, like Moses had a veil that would be over his face to meet with God because the glory and the presence and the brightness would be so much. But we are now invited to come close and come in. And when we behold him, what happens is we begin to shine. We begin to shine and we become, in other translations, it says like mirrors. And reflect Jesus brighter and brighter. The concept is this. I won't look the same today as I did last year. Like that's how the Christian life is to be. I won't look like I did last month. I, I, I'm going to look more and more like him. Because I look like the one that I'm beholding. And I just say this to us today. To think about this. That what we are becoming is greatly determined by what we're beholding. What I behold, I become. And what Paul is saying is that now that the veil has lifted and that you can actually see, 
that there is an ongoing Holy Spirit transformation that is to take place in you as you continue to behold the glory of the Lord. And it's for everyone. The design of the kingdom life is that nobody actually stays the same, but that everyone is green and growing and increasing in glory. Elbow somebody say, that is for you. That is for you. Paul says, get this there, we all are beholding. We all are transforming. It is supposed to be a we all thing. It's supposed to be all of us together where I see Jesus in you and you see him in me and it's increasing where he shines through you and your life to me and he shines through my life to you and, and we find ourselves changed because of the Lord who is spirit at work in us. And together we shine, which is connected to our mission to be the light of the world because we beheld him. This is why this is so important. He's not just talking about alone time with God. He's actually talking about us, we all together shining. So when I see you and I'm like, man, you're, what's going on with you? Like, I don't see the brightness that I saw. I can say, hey, come on, let's go look at Jesus together. Like in community, like, like we all with unveiled faces beholding together the glory of God, that I can say, hey, what's going on? You can come to me and say, hey, what's going on in you? Like, the glory of the Lord is so good. Let's go look at Jesus together. Don't go off over into that stuff. Come on, let's go together in him and behold him and become like him. Those who look to him, the Psalms say, are radiant. That's why I think it's so important for us to be rooted in community and in family so that we notice the countenance of one another if it dims and we can say, come on, let's keep going. Let's keep becoming. And I just say this too, that when we don't like what we see that we're becoming, a question that we can ask ourselves is, what am I beholding? When I'm squeezed what I've been beholding is what is going to come out. And when the pressures of life come, what I've been beholding is brought to the surface. And if I've been beholding Jesus, he's going to come out. If I've been beholding something else, that is what is going to come out. We've experienced so much of that kind of pressure and that kind of, that, that kind of intensity in the last bid. And church, I want to say my desire is that me and my house and this church, that we would become more and more like him, transformed in his presence. That regardless of what comes upon us, we're actually those that are so locked, beholding who he is, that we walk in the glory of God and we shine so bright. The word transformed here is the same word that is used in Romans 12 too that we just read. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. It's the word metamorpho. It's, it's the root of our English word, you can imagine, what it, it, the metamorphosis. And what it is is that it's to change into another form. To change into another form. It means, it means changed after being with. 
It's the same word used when Jesus was transfigured, that his appearance was changed with brightness. Transformation is being changed into another form. How many would say, I'm in the process of transformation? How many would say, I have a lot more to go? How many would say, I actually want to be transformed? Because that's, that's most of it where we just have our yes saying, God, I want to be transformed. I don't want to stay the same. I want to become more and more like you. So the first way transformation happens is by beholding. And the second way I just want to talk about for a few minutes is that it happens through the renewing of the mind, which is such a huge subject. And uh, I'd love to talk about, talk about that for, for multiple times over the next months. But the renewed mind isn't just positive or better thinking. It definitely includes that. But the, re the renewed mind is perceiving reality from God's perspective. It's thinking like him. It's thinking that reflects the reality of another world. How many say we need that thinking right now in us? The reality of another king. The reality of another kingdom. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, our minds being renewed means that we are being transformed to think like Jesus. And the way that he thinks is counterculture to everything. So here, here's a few things. The way he thinks is, is that we live by dying. The way that he thinks is that we receive by giving. The way that he thinks is that you love your enemies and you pray for those who persecute you. The way that he thinks is that when you're persecuted for doing what is right, that you're actually blessed and that the kingdom is yours. Right? Like this is kingdom thinking. This is renewed mind thinking. The way he thinks is that when you're insulted and you're lied about because you love him, that you're actually blessed and that you should go around leaping for joy because great is the eternal reward you're going to have. Are you getting happy about this? I mean, this is, this is a basic sermon on the mount, but this is renewed thinking. This is Jesus thinking. This is not American thinking. This is Jesus thinking. This is not culture thinking. This is kingdom thinking. And that kind of thinking can only come with a renewed mind. It's the mind of Christ, which actually we've been given. But the way that he thinks is that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. When you give that parking spot to somebody at Target... How many know how challenging it is to find one there? The way he thinks is that you're actually exalted by going low. I just want this to like settle in on us because it's very counterculture. I think sometimes we have our idea about what counterculture is and what the spirit of the age is, but like sometimes that stuff kind of tries to settle in on the church. We have to resist it. 
The renewed mind is contrary to the spirit of the age. It's otherworldly. It's thinking that's not of this world. That's why the appeal is don't conform, transform. And as believers, our mind Our minds need renewing because sometimes we find that we've taken on thinking and mindsets that are not Jesus, that actually look a lot more like the world than him. And if we're not renewed in the truth of his word continually through the power of the spirit, we're not gonna live in the transformation that he paid for. Romans chapter eight, verse five says this, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. So to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. Get this. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. For those who are in the flesh cannot please God. I mean, this speaks to so many things right now. It's talking about two groups of people, two mindsets, flesh and spirit. One mind is set on the flesh, one on the spirit. One is death and is hostile to God. One is life and peace. How many want the second? But he says, you, however, are not in the flesh But you are in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, I think this is just such a, it's such a real window, actually, for us. Think about this with me, into understanding the increasing clash that is happening in the world around us. The mind that's set on the flesh doesn't submit to God's law. In fact, it cannot, because it hasn't surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You can't legislate it, you can't force it, you can't deal with it on a level of behavior modification. It requires transformation that can only come through the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Why is it that we are so surprised? I say this periodically because I think it helps us wake up to this. Why are we surprised when the world is so full of flesh and darkness? Church, we just read the Bible says that they can't embrace it. That they cannot submit to God's law. And if we try and force them to, without an inward transformation that happens, we are creating something that isn't kingdom. That's why it's so important that we look like Jesus and we shine like Jesus and we call them into an encounter with Jesus so that they know him and then their insides get changed and everything changes on the outside. So why the mind is, setting the mind is so central because whatever we fill our minds with eventually fills our lives. I heard somebody say this The other day, they said, you'll be in five years where your thinking is today. I kind of wanted to rebuke that. I'm sure some of us hope that isn't true at times, but it actually doesn't have to be. Because when we change our thoughts, he changes our lives. 
your life, can I suggest to you, is the outcome of your mindset. We can't change our lives, but we can change our mindset and align it with truth, and then God does the transforming. I've talked about this several times over the years, but the more that we think about something, the more it grows. Do you know that if you think somebody's upset with you, the more you think about that, the more you'll believe and expect for them to be upset with you? If you watch three hours of news a day, <laughs> whoa. and you only have a few minutes in the word, what's gonna happen? What's gonna grow, right? Like if you're just spending extended time thinking about the offenses that you have towards somebody else, what's gonna grow? If you're thinking about what somebody else has done to you and that begins to plague your mind, then what, what's gonna grow? If you're setting your mind on the messes of your past, it's going to lead you to one place. But if you're spending your thoughts, you're setting your mind on God's good future for you, it's going to lead you to a totally different other place. You know, neuroscience, they call this mindsets, these neuropathways that our thoughts actually create pathways. And as we think about something more and more and more, the wider and wider that it gets and creates a pathway for that thought to continue to grow. So if we believe a lie of some sort or an untruth of some sort and we continue to think about it, it's gonna grow. We call that a stronghold of the mind. The greatest stronghold blocking the purposes of God in our lives are most always in our minds. The more I think about a problem with an unrenewed mind, the bigger the problem gets. It becomes big problem, little God. Right? But a renewed mind doesn't ignore problems. A renewed mind actually tackles the problems, but they tackle it with a renewed mind thinking big God, little problem. So the idea isn't we try and escape problems or we escape the culture, it's that we see God, who he really is, as bigger and the issues we face as much smaller. That's how the renewed mind thinks. It isn't fantasy land, it isn't pretend. It's addressing the things, but it's seeing him in the right place. So when my mind is renewed, I'm able to filter the problem through the truth and see it rightly. And do what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on that, but we pick up those spiritual weapons that we have been given and we actually can destroy the argument. We actually can destroy the stronghold and the structure and the opinions that are raised against the knowledge of God. 
because our mind is renewed, we can actually recognize that as something foreign that doesn't belong. We can snatch it and say, get out of there. We can take that thing and say, get out of there. And I'd like to suggest to you that it's actually um, what Jesus talked about as a spiritual violent thing. That there is a violence that happens when we are violently in the spirit, grabbing thoughts and imaginations and lies and saying, I refuse to live with that thing in me anymore. That if we do not have a spiritual violence in that, we will let those things run amok and all of a sudden we will find ourselves filled with hopelessness, filled with discouragement, and we will feel so small instead of seeing who God really is. And I want to tell you, sometimes this is a real battle. And in the battle, when we war against thoughts and feelings that are contrary to the truth and what God says, that is the battle. He doesn't say, be transformed by trying harder. He says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because transformation comes by the Spirit through our coming into agreement with his truth and by setting our minds and taking those thought patterns, thought by thought, that defy God's authority and removing them and replacing them with truth. Are you with me this morning? I'm telling you, where we actually take the time to stop and think about what we're thinking. I think that's a good word for us. Sometimes we actually need to just stop and think about what we're thinking about. Because your mind is continually looking for a place to be plugged into, whether it's healthy or unhealthy. And the difference will be is if your mind is renewed or not. Like thinking about what somebody else thinks about you. Have you ever done that? Has anybody ever been worried about what somebody else thinks about you? You're all a bunch of liars. You are. I just want to give you a little word here today that'll set you free. It's none of your business what anyone else thinks about you. That's their business. Let them think their thoughts. You get the responsibility of governing yours. Now, some of you can take that and get set free right now, or some of you just walk out of here in bondage. I hope you'll, you'll walk out of here free. The fear of man is a snare. It's, I'm not talking about not being careful and courteous and loving to people. I'm talking about getting bound up by what other people are thinking. Church, we got to be free of that. You've spent too much time worrying about what somebody else is thinking about you. That is none of your business. You got enough responsibility in your own brain. John chapter 8, verse 31, Jesus says, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. But we have to know the truth so we can walk in the freedom of it. I know this is so basic today, but I have to tell you, walking with the Lord as long as I've walked, I have to keep coming back to these truths over and over. I have to, there are, there are seasons I have great victory and there's such great ease and then there are moments where something gets in there and I have to do work. I have to really be intentional about setting my mind. But what, we have to know the truth so we can walk in the freedom. And then what we do is we meditate on that truth and we fill our minds with that truth. Whatever the wrong belief may be, it has to be replaced. 
I've had seasons in my life where it, is, it has really been a battle. I've had nights, and I just tell this to you to be vulnerable to you. I've had nights and I've had days where it was a battle in my mind that I thought, what is going on? Have you ever had that before? And I had to, over periods of time, I'd have to, even times in the night where I'd wake up and thoughts would come and I'm like, what is going on here? Where I'd have to actually war in prayer and war in worship and war by remembering who God is and remembering who he says that I am. There have been times when the lies come and they actually feel so real that I think that has to be true. I don't know who said it, but your feelings can be the greatest liar to you. And they can assault you. They can turn on you. And I had to set my mind in the middle of the night on the word of the Lord and pick up the sword of the spirit, the word of God. And I had to demolish that thing. That's what I'm talking about, the spiritual violence. He trains my hands for war. And we have to evict thoughts and mindsets that sneak in and grow. And I tell you this, more often than not in my own life, it didn't happen with a little three-minute prayer. I wish it did. Sometimes it does. But more, more often than not, it really was a process. Because if that, that thing got broken, man, God will come in and destroy that thing, but then you have to rebuild the road. You have to rebuild the way you think. You have to rebuild the, the thought patterns and you have to forge those neural pathways of how you're going to think and it takes time. And there's a process in it. Begins with like actually replacing that with meditation on the truth which is not emptying your mind. It's actually filling your mind with Him. I'll tell you this, declarations... There are times that declarations are just in my heart. There are times that declarations have got to be on my lips. We're like, I just, I have to declare over and over out loud because I actually need to hear myself saying it. I have to speak out what he says, what he's saying. It's a process where we're beholding him in worship, beholding him in prayer, thanksgiving, and then those things break off and the mind is renewed. And new mindsets and new patterns of thought and new roads are built. Man, I, I, I believe this is foundational for us. That everything that rises up against the knowledge of God, we have to have a sense of spiritual violence and say, I will not allow that in here. Just as I would not allow a robber to come in the middle of the night in my house, I will not allow a stranger to come into my head and speak untruth to me, but I'm gonna spiritually, violently stand up and say, no, 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 so that I can walk in the truth of what he's saying to me. Isaiah 26, three, and I'm closing here, says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So here's what I'd like to suggest to us today. We have a role to play. We have a role to play in this, that this is the promise that I, I keep my mind set on him. He keeps me in perfect peace. So when there is peace that is missing, there is a mind that needs shifting. There's something that I'm not understanding. 
that I need to lock into truth on. There's something that's going on that I'm like, the peace isn't there. I need to reshift my gaze, set my mind on him, and then the peace comes. And I believe that for us today. I want to just say this. I believe transformation comes through the renewing of the mind. And then what happens is that we're actually, what it says in Romans 12 is that we can then rightly discern the will of God. That we can rightly discern the will of God when our mind is renewed. We can actually discern, it says, what is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect. And I can't help but read that and think and not think about what is the will of God. Well, Jesus said it in his prayer. The will of God is on earth as it is in heaven. That's what he wants in here. He wants his mind in here so I can perceive everyone and everything around me rightly through the eyes of the kingdom of God. And that in doing so, the world sees who he is. I demonstrate him because I look like him and inside I'm shining like him. Come on, that's good, isn't it? Come on, stand with me this morning. Chari- or not Charity, uh, Cassidy in worship today, she really declared the ending of um, the song uh, that we were, were singing that I felt like the Lord wanted to do uh, today with us. And that's this, I believe he wants to renew hope in every single person in this room. How many would say, I want some hope? I actually, what I heard last night as I was praying was a baptism of hope. And so if you're here today and um, you would like a fresh baptism of hope, there's nothing magical about this, um, I want you just to lift your hands to heaven right now and I want you just to begin to welcome King Jesus. Just out loud, just begin to welcome him because church, he is here. The power of the spirit is here to lift heavy thoughts and to break strongholds of thinking and to break hopelessness and to break discouragement and to break lies of every kind. And I declare that over you today. I ask for a fresh baptism of hope. Come on, if you pray out loud, just begin to pray out loud. I ask for a fresh baptism of hope over the church where you will not look at any situation with hopelessness, but you will look at it as big God in the midst of whatever that is and little problem. And I pray that in Jesus' name today that you would be filled with hope. And I pray the prayer of Paul that says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Spirit, you may abound in hope. Father, I pray that our minds from this day forward would increasing glory, increasing presence be renewed that we can tap into all of the answers that you have for us for our day. Father, right now, I pray where there's hopelessness that it would be demolished. In Jesus' name, I pray even as we look at the world that we would refuse hopelessness, but we would be the people of hope that say our God is on the throne. 
and his kingdom is coming and we know the end of the story and we will we will fix our gaze on that and I pray that in Jesus name and everybody said amen come on let's give the Lord one more big shout of praise today God bless you I hope you leave encouraged I hope you'll take some of what we said today and put it into practice glory to glory to glory God bless you as you go